Welcome to Politically Pissed, the podcast that wants to remind you to support Planned Parenthood because we need to abort some of these presidential campaigns. My name is Saeed Charbini, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Eris and Katya. Say hi, y'all. It's good, y'all. What's up? And we have a special guest with us today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Lauren. Hello. I'm Laura Chapin. I'm a sort of communicator slash political strategist slash general ornery person on social media, and I help candidates and progressive causes. I specialize in the Rocky Mountain West, although I spent many, many years working in Washington, D.C. before I came out here. Brought you out this way. My family had all moved to Colorado, and I was stuck in D.C. during the Bush years, and I was kind of <laughs> done. <laughs> Bail. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it was, you know, it wasn't fun anymore. Oh, right. but now he's, like, not the worst president we've had, so... Right. <laughs> Boy, that's that, that for those years now? Yeah, I know. That, it, it, it is... It is one hell of a yardstick when, you know, <laughs> basic competence is, is your floor. I I had friends who worked for George Bush who ran for Congress as never Trump Republicans that I'm still friends with. So did, did it, they vote with Trumps yet? No. 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 Good. No, they 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 can't. They're just you know, they Trump offends them just as an institution. I mean they're still you know, just a basic respect for the competence and institution of the United States of America and the fact that he set all of that on fire just offends some of my old school Republican friends. So I like to hear that. It makes me feel better. <laughs> they you do have a home. It's not all of them. <laughs> no, it's not all of them, but they're they're there needs to be a home. You've done a lot of pieces like for major news outlets and stuff like that, correct? Yes. Can you tell us what one of your favorite ones was? Let's see, I've had several. You can tell us a couple if you like. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm trying to think of like sort of what springs to top of mind. I did do I did a piece comparing what happened to Khalif Browder as opposed to what happened to the former governor of Virginia who got convicted on corruption charges and basically did no time. That was a favorite. I've done a whole slew on health care. I did one on the protests here where the, the folks from Atlantis Adapt basically just, you know, did what they needed to do and I think played a huge role in stopping the overturning of the Affordable Care Act just because they forced people to look. They forced people to look them in the eye and say, I am the consequences of what you are about to do. So I, I remember I've done that. I've done quite a bit on reproductive rights. I did a big piece on the Hobby Lobby decision and why it was so bad. It was funny. Somebody once called me a journalist, and I said, no, I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinion writer. That's not the same thing. My opinions have to be backed up with facts. I had editors. I had people who said, you know, we need sites for this, but it was never just out there. I never said something I couldn't back up. Now, I happen to think the facts line up behind my opinion, what was it on the the Daily Show? Facts do have a well known liberal bias, <laughs> but you know, 
but I'm not somebody who, uh, you know, I am upfront about my agenda and, and what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I imagine being pretty outspoken, you run into a lot of trolls and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I run I mean, I've into... I've heard tale from other people that you've worked with, too, so yeah. Yeah, and especially the gun nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, Why the gun nuts? I, they're, they, they, well, there's a, there's a pretty direct line between misogyny and gun worship so you get that is it small wiener syndrome yeah okay well yeah i don't know what i I don't know if it's i yeah i I once called them the members of the tiny penis gun club and they (laughs) and they kind of lost their minds after that and so i had to do a whole lot of things but that was right after yet another gun massacre it was right after the shooting in oregon where you know the guy just drove up and shot a bunch of people and not long after that you had the shooting in california where the guy was like i hate women i'm gonna kill people oh yeah so you know i really hate that i have to say this but i don't recall the one in oregon at all yeah it was it was i forget exactly where it was it was um starts with a u but yeah, I mean, it says something about this country where yeah. it was like, I forget which gun massacre. You know, which gun massacre was that one? So you know, there's there's some frustration. You, you might. My feeling is like everybody said something dumb on Twitter at some point, and oh yeah, I've had my days. So. I, I don't think I have. I don't. I don't play on Twitter though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't so, <laughs> avoid it. That's how you don't. Like, yeah, the, never tweet. Yeah. So let, let's roll into. We can roll into uh, some topics then presidential 2020 yeah so there's a lot of 2020 candidates mm-hmm. i know in particular bernie has raised probably the most money he's one of the front runners and the quickest but i mean do you have any candidates that you like that you don't like that i mean i let me put it this way i want to beat trump i will vote for whoever gets the nomination so you know i have candidates that capture my heart more than others but if the voters you know go otherwise i mean i'm i'm i will make peace with whoever they choose so so just never trump never trump <laughs> you know i you know i'd like to see a woman or a, pers- or a person of color i really would i that's sort of my preference um There's a few options now yeah i know yeah. and we have you know we have several options i mean i think elizabeth warren as far as policy is putting out the most substance um yes but she also went rachel dolan's all so i kind of have an issue with that (laughs) i know there's there's i know there's not going to be a perfect you know there's not going to be a perfect i mean it's funny i'm from texas but you know beto is not my top choice but if he gets somebody else excited great cool yes you if you get excited about beto you really like losers and i would like a winner to maybe run for president failing upward thing that we keep talking about like there's oh what white guys do that's what they do yeah Yeah, there's there's i you know there was i i will one of my twitters today somebody i mean don't get me wrong i like mayor pete i think he's really impressive i think Mm -hmm. he is an enormously thoughtful intelligent human being i think he'd make a great president but somebody some person pundit on twitter said today well he has executive experience because he's but he's the only one in the race who's been a mayor of a large city and i was like joaquin castro <laughs> or sorry uh um, julian, julian yeah. yes yeah. pardon me julian was 
mayor of San Antonio for three years in a row, which is a million people in the 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 pundit was like, well, he's been you know mayor of a city in a red state, so he knows how to talk to those voters. I'm like, well. Julian Castro has right. been mayor of a of a city of a million people in a red state for three terms running. So no, so I mean I think you know the the hard part you know I think the Democratic base is still is so shell shocked from having lost to Trump that everybody's like running around going who's the most electable who's the most electable we don't know yet yeah nobody's voted yet. Nobody knows who's going to come out of Iowa, South Carolina. So yeah. Yeah. let me flip that on you a little bit, yeah. though. Who do you think is the least electable? Can we say Hancock? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, what's yeah, his yeah, yeah. Hickenlooper? Oh, know? God, like, that's no, how bad. I just first... confused one different mayor for another. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, who <laughs> I would consider, like... Who should just walk away now? Yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm not a huge Joe Biden fan. I mean, I'm uh, sorry. Recent revelation. I mean, I always it, thought he was a little creepy to begin with. Like when I see him, like especially like putting hands on other people, like in general. Yeah, well, that was a little weird. Karen Tumulty is a, a columnist of the Washington Post, and full disclosure, is a friend of mine has a really good column where she said, "Look, he's he's good at being a wingman. He's not great at flying solo." And he's 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 failed twice before. There's a reason he's not president yet. Eris calls me Joe Biden. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Yeah, it's not my fault. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) great. Does that make me Obama? Stop being racist, (laughs) Katya. But yeah, he. uh, You know, I sort of feel like I I would like to see folks step aside and let the next generation step up. That's well, well, just Biden my, is in his like mid seventies, right? Yeah, he's seventies. But isn't that the trend in the Democratic Party? I mean, look at our old house leadership guys. is old people, not even old yeah, white guys, right? Yeah. We have old white women too. <laughs> but young people Republicans who don't get out of the way go up to like forty something. Okay, think, well, so yeah. that's younger than a lot of our leadership in the Democratic Party. So I'm going to switch this a little bit. Um, we are trying to be Colorado focused, so we have elections coming up right around the corner in about a month from now. Yep. Municipal elections. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorites that you like in Denver and other cities, stuff like that? I live in Lakewood, so I don't have to worry. Oh. About right oh. What an easy out! I know. Oh. I'm a I'm a Jeffco person. I get to I get to I get to fight it out with her. I was doing the congressional primary last year. I was working yes. for Andy Kerr, so yeah. I, sorry about that one. Yeah, I had so I had to I had to work that one out. But you know, my we'll, we'll let the voters of Denver. How long have you lived in Lakewood? Since 2008. So you were there for the recalls for the school board, huh? Julie yes, Williams. yes, I was. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I was there for the, yeah, for the for the school board recalls, and then when we took it back, and I think the lesson was from that, um, the lesson from that was don't mess with somebody's kids. Yeah. That was, I mean, I had... The great thing was my friends who lived there was their kids getting their first taste of political activism and, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids walking out of class and going, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. So that was refreshing. But, yeah, I think I, you know, that to me, and and that was in 2015, so... I I think all of those kids are now probably eligible to vote, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. (laughs) Um, so, but I, but I do think, I mean, 
it's a lesson in grassroots politics and you can't Mm -hmm. you you can't fake that that's just that was a genuine grassroots uprising and that you know that was that was good and i think it was kind of a you know don't don't try and mess with jeff go so you want to jump in? I'm, I mean, yeah, Junko's great. They like to close their schools. They like to fund <laughs> anything. Um, well, and that's regardless of who's in office. Yeah. And Well, I worked on Amendment 73 this last cycle, Ooh. which was the school funding initiative. and It, it failed, didn't it? It failed yep. by about 10 points. Yeah. And the, the problem that we run into in this state is, yes, individual – if you want me to get terribly wonky, individual school districts have debruced. They've basically mm-hmm. gotten themselves out from under Tabor. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that effectively balkanizes the school districts. When we got support from Amendment 73 in rural parts of the state, we got mm-hmm. support in Montrose, in Grand Junction. We got mm-hmm. a huge editorial in the Craig Daily Press because it's those rural, smaller districts that don't have big tax base to begin well, with. Well, they've been going to four-day school weeks now, too, haven't they? A lot of, yeah, a lot of districts have been doing that. There's some, you know, but that's also because, you know, with the problem with teacher pay, yep. which yeah. is, you know, teachers want to work a part-time job three days a week. <laughs> so they teach four and work a part-time job three. Jeez. And, yeah. you know, hey, folks, marijuana money is not the answer. It's tiny, and it can only be used for capital construction, not yeah. teacher pay. That was the one problem I had with it when they were first promoting it. They were all like, oh, it's going to help schools. I'm like, no, it's going to help build and fix schools. That's it. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, so, you know, systemically we have a problem, and that's why we need to, you know, raise the, you know, it's the rising tide lifts all boats, but we need a dedicated elevated funding stream for the whole state that's not just you know jeffco or individual districts debrucing because you and said you know you're looking at you know you're looking at i forget what it was but you know there's school districts with you know 40 year old buses Mm -hmm. rattling around so it, it needs to be systematic it can't be Piecemeal. Yes, and of course, as a reminder, all of the new jobs that have been created in Colorado require college degrees, and we yeah. have the lowest success rate for college degree attainment for residents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you are sad to see Colorado change the way it has, it's because you know your kid can't go to college and or can't succeed in college because they are hitting it low at the K twelve level. And then we bring in other people because we don't care. <laughs> so, who still don't want fun schools? <laughs> yep so so yeah amendment 73 was a you know it was a good lesson and i think it changed the conversation because i think it brought how much of a crisis we're in but we still have to get out from under Tabor at some point yeah yeah it's like mm-hmm. my favorite thing here yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, i love it it makes i tell everybody everybody needs to watch um, the episode of Full Frontal with yes. Sambi that has <laughs> watched that several times. That yes, episode, I yeah. tell every national reporter who's like looking at Colorado, I'm like, you need to watch this. <laughs> like the new guy who just started the Denver Post, I was like, you need to watch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, it's a really good basic like instruction to how Tabor works and what it does here. Yeah, so I agree. Okay, so we were, we started off talking about recalls. Yeah. So we had a little section we want to talk about now for recalls that may be coming up. We know in 2013, a few yeah. legislators were recalled over yep. the gun rights stuff that they voted on. Now it's looking like 
uh, mostly, let's just say it, the Neville family, is attempting to remove a few other people. Who are uh, related to Julie Williams, I believe. Yeah, oh. it's related to Julia, like sister-in-law yeah. or something? Yeah, um, I believe she's um, Tim Neville's sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, I know Polis is probably on their list, but I don't think he's one that they're necessarily going to be able to do. But who do you th- uh, we're going to go to a couple other candidates that uh, might be recalled. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, we're at that point. Um, <laughs> uh, I just saw his website. Okay. Whose cool. website? The the one who doesn't like Rochelle. The, the crazy pastor. pastor? Yeah. Oh. Oh, is it scary, scary? Yeah, it has a gun and uh, Take it away. I think it looks like it's a white supremacist. <laughs> there's a, there's He's a, a white guy in Greeley, right? Mm-hmm. White supremacist. Yeah. White guy with a gun in Greeley might be a white supremacist. I feel well, like that's a safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, the possibility of Rochelle being recalled, uh, it looks like there's over $300,000 in a campaign fund pledged by a wealthy landowner and oil and gas companies from Greeley. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know you said you worked for her for a bit and you did some of her campaign stuff. And, yeah. I mean, what do you think the chances are i guess you know the area a little better than we do probably i don't i don't know the area terribly well but i know that rochelle outworked everybody mm-hmm. yes i mean she and her people i mean she knows her community she knows her people they are extremely loyal to her because they know her because she's one of them and i mean they're going after rochelle for any number of reasons not the least of which she doesn't look like who they think should be in power and but I feel like she represents that community yeah, really well. Yeah. I mean, I said her, her, you know, Greeley is a community that's working class with meatpacking plants, you know, that's blue collar and proud of it. And that's who Rochelle is. And there's no hidden agenda with Rochelle. Like she, she is who she is. She's upfront about it. You know what you're getting. And everybody's like well we want authenticity in politics and i don't think it gets any more authentic than rochelle it doesn't (laughs) her dad works in oil and gas her dad i think he did yeah yeah Yeah. her does yeah which is which is i don't i don't understand they they just want her out yeah yeah they i mean she again i mean they've honestly said it's symbolism and it's like yeah like i said it's it's it it is about identity and one of these is not like the other yeah and you know i even if they do a recall that doesn't automatically install anybody and i don't think rochelle will be successfully recalled because i think she'll do what she did last time and i I can tell you the folks on my side are pretty much in the hell no mode so (laughs) (laughs) i think there will be i think there will be a lot of road trips up to Greeley if if it comes to that well let's talk about a couple others i know um we talked uh, we talked before on the podcast about Meg Froelich and Jeff Bridges, um, how they're kind of in the same area. Their areas overlap. Oh, yeah, it's Arapahoe County. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you see the likelihood of them getting overturned there? Or? No, that's going to be extremely expensive. Um, it's the same thing. I mean, they said you know trying to go after Jared would be like twenty to thirty million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and I forgot what Jeff won his last race by, but it was like two thirds, one third. Yeah. And then Meg stepped in his seat and Meg actually initially ran against him in the primary, so yeah. she's already got a, she's not name new. Name recognition. Yeah, she's got yeah. a name recognition, she's got ID, she 
was on Greenwood City Council's her you know raised her family in the district again I mean these are not these are not unknown quantities um, frankly I will be surprised if the recall petition drives against Mag and Jeff succeed simply because it's that's just these are not red districts yeah these are democratic slash unaffiliated base so at some point people are just recalling for the sake of recalling or you know to do something with the money that they generate to initiate these recalls or in the Neville's case they left in the bank yeah Yeah. I forget what they left like I forget how much money they left in the bank after the last cycle and a lot of those donors are like wait that was supposed to go to the election not to the recall Mm mm-hmm so I mean, this well, I guess I can argue the recall is a, an election. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about they're based out of the Colorado Springs, right? Yeah. Um, I know Tony Exum is down there. Is there any threat against him or any other candidates you can think of? You know, I haven't I haven't heard a whole lot. I mean, they're just kind of throwing spaghetti against a wall to see what sticks at this point because they're. I mean, they they've got to keep the the grift going somehow. But I don't think after an election like we saw in the last cycle that there's... I think you get into diminishing returns. I mean, if you couldn't win it on the first go-around, what makes you think you're going to do any better? And I think people are kind of wise to the game at this point. Speaking of Colorado Springs, did you see uh, Dr. Chaps doing his prayers last week? Yeah. It was just like... I I kind of missed him. I missed his wonderfully bizarre... uh, When he changed characters for the daily show yeah yeah you could look it up he's he's his own special kind of clown car (laughs) (laughs) one of my bosses once told me it's like he's he wants terribly to be like loved he he went up to her and said will you sign in my yearbook and like he's just like kind of the the lonely kid in the in the yard yeah, I get the feeling he probably wasn't allowed to sit with people at lunch a whole lot. <laughs> Literally thinking the same thing. Yes, you read my mind on that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. The weirdest thing is that his his uh, his aide at the time had the hots for one of the most liberal aides, what liberal politicians' aides, and that was really funny to watch. Jesus. <laughs> Did they like pass notes during session or oh, like the, the spit- guy? W- the guy was really hot for her, and she would not. She wouldn't have anything to do with him because he was. Uh, Release the emails. Release the emails. <laughs> there were no emails. This is a pot-bellied uh, Brighton Republican. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, there's emails. I feel like we're wandering, <laughs> we're wandering into dangerous <laughs> territory. Uh, well, now this, gossip, it's gold. this is great because now we can talk about workplace harassment. <laughs> Actually, and now we're veering into workplace harassment. We're going to take a turn. Um, I know you do a lot of women's organization stuff and helping women's rights. Uh, we want to talk about workplace harassment bill, the one from the legislature to help with the state and even the capital to be able to handle workplace harassment. Are you even aware of it? Um I knew that they were working on it. I haven't been paying real close attention to it. I know, let me put it this way, part of what we saw with Labsock is there wasn't anything. I mean, they were building the plane in the air. I think it was very apparent with uh, Baumgartner as well. Yeah, they there there was nothing there. And I've seen KC do you know presentations on it. And there there really was, I mean, there was just nothing. And do think the perceptions of of what is appropriate workplace behavior has changed enormously in a good way. So you're in the Capitol? 
I you know I don't know if this year in the capital I think overall I mean you know it's 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 like my mother said my mother said the reason the divorce rate went up is because women didn't have to put up with the crap that they used to true and <laughs> I think the same in workplace harassment and we don't have to put up with the crap that we used to and I also think it fundamentally changes when you do have women in power but we have like a pretty good number of women in power here a lot of liberal people in power yeah and yet it doesn't seem that there's been any movement on the needle <sighs> you know i haven't like i said i haven't paid that close of attention to the bill i think well, yeah. I mean, just the bill i mean just in general yeah. in the capital like it seems the environment hasn't really changed much yeah i'm i don't spend that much time down there unless i actually have a bill up so i'm i'm not as aware of the day-to-day you know day-to-day workings i will say the thing that has happened over the last couple of years is if somebody's uncomfortable they you know no there's no longer that taboo against speaking up and i feel like if there is something like the the bomb gardeners of the world are not going to be able to get away with what they did mm-hmm. at least i hope not I, no none of the other processes have really changed though like you still have to make your complaints essentially to the people who could be harassing you. Yeah, I know, and I know they're. I know they had hearings and stuff, but nothing really went. Yeah, I know. I know they're trying to figure out, and I, there's there's also the sense of fairness. Like you don't want to have somebody just not feel like they're getting fair treatment. So, and I, you know, and ultimately, also what did Lubsock in was the retaliation. That's absolutely true. It wasn't just the harassment; it was the retaliation for when people did come forward and. And I think if nothing else, I think there's an understanding, yeah, you can't, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. For the record, though, there was some retaliation in Baumgartner's case. Yeah. Um, won't go into details, but... Yeah. You're the one who has the best right to speak about it. Um, there was some. Uh, Amy Oliver, who's now attacking Rochelle, um, attacked uh, some of Baumgartner's... Accusers. Yeah, I, I I learned a new phrase thanks to a mutual friend of ours. Uh-huh. Um, the it's called pick me, <laughs> which is women who throw other women under the bus for validation and approval. Pick me, pick me. I'm not like the other ones. Pick me. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sorry. You see that with the Amy Olivers of the world. Oh my. That mm, validation. They they feel they will get they will get loaned power from men. If they throw other women under the bus. That's a fascinating theory. I mean, but, I mean, if, read The the Handmaid's Tale. I mean, that's the whole Aunt Lydia, Serena Joy thing of women either abusing or enabling the abuse of other women for male approval. And that's a dynamic you see fairly consistently, whether it's Ronna McDaniel or Amy Oliver. Interesting. Or or Kellyanne Conway, whose whole existence (laughs) is predicated on male approval no that's an interesting marriage there because i feel like there's a term for it but i can't think of it because i mean it goes back to even like racial things where like in slavery times where they had like what they call like the house slave or something like that the one that would like be with the master so i mean that just goes back to slavery in general which is the perpetuation of rape against black women and sexual violence against black women um often enabled by white women Uh and you know also women exploiting other subjugated people um yeah. too so yeah it's it's a it's a very like it's a very time yeah it's a very timed and true uh method of continuing to oppress others um and be in a position of the oppressed and not no, when necessarily you, when you have an investment in the current power structure yeah 
then you'll you'll perpetuate it. Yeah. Which is one of the things that brings us to pay. Because <laughs> 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 that one's an interesting bill that's what? up. Uh, we just, yeah, we just had equal pay day, uh, yep. April 2nd. Um, there's a bill coming up for like equal pay and i guess it's just the state jobs is that it yeah again i'm not i'm not as familiar uh, i'm not as familiar with that but i know that um yeah they're definitely trying and a lot of it is transparency mm-hmm. yeah and not being able i know it's not being able to be asked about you know what it's about what the job is worth not what you were paid last yeah. which is sort of the drag coefficient on women throughout their professional careers mm-hmm. i mean Yes, uh, women, minorities, we, we, um, women, <laughs> women, women, and people of color. Yeah, are, intersectionality there too. Yeah, there, there's yeah, definitely the intersection of well, like. I mean, one of the listservs I've on. One of the things we've had, we've put a, a requirement on the listserv that any job that gets posted has to have the salary range. I yep. saw that. Yeah, uh, there's no but, no more like salary dependent on experience. It's like no, what's it pay? Yeah, but you say range, and that still gives the ability to sort of move in there depending you, on qualifications you can or what negotiate. you see as qualifications. Yeah, but it, but you have a floor. Exactly. You have a floor. You can look at this and go, this pays $40,000. That's not but, enough. But I feel like a lot of government jobs here in the state have that floor for each sort of job. It's just like, where do you fall in there? Yeah, they do. They, uh, they have the floor. They don't necessarily disclose what the floor is. I thought they did. They have pay grade scales and stuff. There are pay grade scales that you can go look up, mm-hmm. some of which you don't actually have access to unless you have the login for that particular area. Okay. Um, it's not as accessible as people would like it to be. Okay. It, especially like so, like I work for the University of Colorado. My salary is public. If you want to go look it up, you can. It's mm-hmm. a little bit harder to do it because you might not have a university login to go into like the ways I can look up different salaries, mm-hmm. which makes it significantly more difficult to understand what the range is and what the floor would be. And the other government, and the other problem is that we have government entities that will do things based on ability, like our health department, and they will be like, "Hey, well, we really want a PhD with five years of experience. Um, here's the range. We will pay you more than that range, right? Like that because is they want what they want yeah. exactly because that's what you have to do to get certain people to come to the state, and we're a state that notoriously underpays and doesn't disclose what our ranges should be and what they will be." But if it's if it's state jobs and stuff like that, I mean, a lot of it's governed by Tabor and underpayment could be part of that, right? For some of our state entities, yes. Yeah, just not a lack all. of funding being there. Yeah, not not all, but some. Yeah. Well, I'd say I guess yeah, healthcare they probably don't have that issue. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so back to equal pay day. It was yeah. sponsored by Senator Danielson, Peters, Peterson, Representative Buckner, and uh, Representative Gonzalez Gutierrez. And um, I think it's a resolution. I I believe so. And it, it you're right. It is. It's regarding transparency and wages and promotions. And it Senator Vicky Marble, who uh, <laughs> she's she, your, you know your like exacerbation says it all. Can I can I can I jump like, in here I, anytime? I, jump in here. Is anytime. there a eye roll emoji for podcasts? I mean, how do I how do I like? <laughs> So we take a picture afterwards. You can do like a okay, yeah. yeah. There's there's. <laughs> Let me. Re- I think Saeed or Eris would be good at this quote. Uh, Saeed, you want to why, read this why quote? Does, why do you make a man say this quote? I think it would be better coming from you. Go for it, Saeed. <laughs> Apparently, Vicky Marble stated. <laughs> Go for it, Saeed. Doesn't matter you're if you're a white man or a purple man, and you all know that numbers can say whatever you want them to say. 
I know it's it's going to come with pizzazz. <laughs> I know it's not going to come to any surprise that I am going to be voting no on this resolution, and that's because I feel so much anger in this resolution, but I'm not sure where it's directed, and that it's and that's what I'm having problem with. I know that in my family, the Mexicans, the Native Americans, the Chinese, the Muslims, the Jews, they're all making what they can. Yeah, they're all making what they can, and we've never talked about somebody being paid more than another for doing a job. I feel that white men have done a lot for this country and this legislature, and all men have, and I want to thank them. I'm just going to stop there because I don't, I don't want to read anymore. Yeah. The first thing I thought is, like, Lipsock and Baumgarten? Like, is that who she's thinking? Yeah. Oh, man, I went back to, like, Owens. I, I just keep going back <laughs> So the white guys who got off the boat through history, they they, they did something good. (laughs) Yeah, all the guys who've been been pretty much sexually harassing and even raping women in the Capitol. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, um, trash people make trash statements. (laughs) And yeah. Where is she from? Fort Collins. Oh, it is Fort Collins. She represents Fort Collins. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a still pockets. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure Vicky Marbles has infor- lost her marbles. Yeah, <laughs> and I think her information universe is probably pretty limited to Fox News and 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 Breitbart. And I think she probably doesn't lives in her own little. I have a theory. Yeah, I have a. Th- I think they put they put her up there to to say this. And she's doing the the GOP wants her to do this because they want to push people's buttons and want us to react this way, because you know. Can we recall people for this bullshit? Think about. Um, I wanted to ask you: Are there any organizations yeah. you know trying to recall people like this? No, I mean I think we we kind of like doing it the old fashioned way, which is beating them at an election. Yeah. And we're we're pretty confident we can. I mean, if you look we at are now, how yeah, long we, is, how long has Vicky <laughs> been in? I don't know. She's it, been in a long time. Yeah. And it, personally, she's a she's lovely to deal with. <laughs> she sponsors very left wing bills, like uh, bail reform. Yeah, there's there's there is a certain area where like there's that you know anti establishment bent among like the yeah. off the grid. She 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 says she's a single mother. Her 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 poor son looks like he's had a lot of difficulty with meth and that mullet. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, I, I guess, man, but like misogyny and racist people are still misogynists and racist people, and I think they, they need to get the fuck out the paint. I don't care what they sponsor. Get the yeah. fuck out the paint. Yeah. <laughs> don't be here. I mean, sure, yeah. they can be nice to your face, but when they start spouting these things, yeah, they're good. Twice. They're good chess pieces sometimes. No, no, no man, it, ch- no. <laughs> no. I mean, when she started talking about all the Mexicans and the Chinese in her family, I was like, whoa, like, you're just listing off like, like restaurants. <laughs> she did. A, she did a list of restaurants. She, yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. yep. And so she's in Fort Collins. That's why I didn't see anything about no black people. She was like, I don't know any soul food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't. She didn't say black people. Yeah, I did suggest to several of the the presidential candidates they should read my friend's um, Adrian Miller's book on the history of soul food. Because you know they are going to go to South Carolina at some point, so <laughs> they should know the difference between Southern food and soul food. Definitely, and they should know what a, know the difference between a, a cobbler and an upside down cake. Yes, there's a distinct difference. 
There's yes. a very big difference, yes. but you'd be surprised how many people know this. Like, um, <laughs> there's a difference between cobblers and pies and Bettys and slumps. And yeah. Also, if you ever say Southern barbecue is the best barbecue, I'll slap the taste out your mouth. All right. <laughs> well, who's the best barbecue? Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City. Everybody knows this. All right. If you don't go to Oklahoma Joe's. But uh, she's from Texas. Best bri- no, no. Best brisket. Best brisket is in Texas. Okay, but here's Texas. the thing you have to understand. Uh, Texas barbecue actually had a lot of white people in it because it came from the, the Czech. actual barbecue. Yeah, because it came from the Czech and German immigrants, and they'd have a butcher shop out front, you mean the and then the, and then the, the cuts of meat they either had left over or couldn't sell. They'd put in the put in the smoker, put in the ground, and serve it as barbecue. So you have a lot of said so Czech and German and and um, yes. Have you ever read the bloggers? Uh, what's her name? Her last name is Larson. Mm. Uh, she's hilarious. She's like a Czech American from Texas. Okay, well, while you're doing that, name of the book. <laughs> oh, name of the book is Soul Food: The Surprising Story of an American Cuisine, One Plate at a Time. Right. And full, I was part of the tasting crew for that. We tried. Oh. Adrian would do. We'd have dinner parties, and Adrian would try recipes, and we'd all kick in like twenty bucks. And okay, greens with smoked turkey are really good. Yeah. I think we uh, so we love Adrian yeah. um, slash hey Adrian because you know yeah. me I look at everything so the the weight the waistline like it's good but jeans don't fit now yeah. <laughs> yeah no you have to yeah you have to you have to you know pace yourself well if we're gonna talk about books you brought this book here with you uh, I love this lady uh, let's go ahead and I want to delve into you, this you a little can't bit. see it I am displaying it like Vanna White right now yeah. um it's uh, ahead, Rebecca Traster wrote a book called Good and Mad, the, Revolu- the Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger. And it is about, it, it's about what it says it is, sort of the, the historical roots of women's anger and how, you know, after the 2016 elections. Take notes, boys. Yeah. After the 2016 elections. I have a black mother. I don't need to take notes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you met my and, mom. In, in how it both took root and fueled itself and you know and i think a lot of the frustration around hillary is too is middle-aged women especially were supposed to be invisible i mean once you once you once you pass your sexual prime you're supposed to be you know sort of matronly and wise and and you know you know the the whole thing is men gain power as they age women lose it and I just turn into the mystical Negro when I age. Yeah, yeah. Gonna I'm gonna be Bagger Vance pretty soon. Yeah, you're okay. gonna be Bagger Vance. Yeah, give yourself like 20. Yeah, there years, there was a whole there was a whole <laughs> riff. On, a little chance, man. Yeah, there was a whole riff on the Joanne Reed show this morning called "Add a Black Woman to the Ticket." <laughs> 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 they did a whole thing with Dr. Jason Johnson, and it was like, you know, do we add Kamala Harris? Do we add Stacey Abrams? It was like, <laughs> yeah, that's like the white guy thing. They're like, oh wait, wait, we don't really want you to be in power. Let me make you vice president which right. we've always said is the most powerless position in Washington. <laughs> yeah but you know it, Dick Cheney was there. yeah <laughs> yeah that man did wonders for that uh for that power position of power Let yeah. lady go on yeah sorry, yeah sorry so but yeah but traster's book is it, it's resetting the idea that anger is bad and it's like no anger is good anger is fuel anger serves you anger I mean, we saw it, you know, we saw it explode, and it turns out all those people at the women's marches vote. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know about y'all, but the, the night before the midterms, I was just about to throw up because I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen, and I am terrified. 
And then and the 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 problem for the media on the midterms is Florida and Georgia were actually not indicative. Not don't even get me started on the voter suppression stuff. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. but they were not actually indicative of what was the midterms as a whole. I've heard they were they were not somebody said the, the midterms were not Christmas, they were Hanukkah. They kept going for like two weeks. <laughs> like <laughs> gifts every night. Um but the I think the the gender gap in the midterms was nineteen points. Wow. It was huge. And that women's anger is not to be discounted, that it is not to be dismissed, it is fuel, it is what perpetuates change. And then I also just read Michelle Obama's book and I was how just hard gonna ask. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how hard she had to avoid being the angry black woman. Mm-hmm. Just gonna ask. Uh Eris and I have been Eris and I have been reading that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm with the I'm leaning into the anger now. I'm just gonna lean in. <laughs> and I'm talking about anger being a good thing and a motivator and stuff like that. And I wanna differentiate it because I feel like some people might conflate the idea of anger with fear and hatred. No. Which is what the other side is. And I feel like there's a clear and distinct like difference. Yeah, and I think Molly Ivins made this point. I mean, corporations have never willingly given away money. <laughs> no, they not willingly. No, power does not benefit. willingly give itself away, mm-hmm. and the only way you gain power is by demanding it. And you know, I think women are now like, no, we don't want a seat at the table. We want to run the table. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to women in the state legislature who, you know, one of my friends was like, yeah, we have enough women. We can start a menopausal caucus. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of true. And but yeah, a lot of the people who are running that belt, I mean, part of what we're seeing what's driving the recalls mm-hmm. is a lot of the people who are used to being in power at that building are not in power anymore and they cannot handle it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. I mean, they're making them read all the bills at length and yeah. doing everything they can to stall. I mean, it's tactics that can be used but i feel like you're right they're just being spiteful sometimes yeah and but yeah i think you know anger is if it is direct anger can't just disperse it needs to be directed into action and you know i find myself during election cycles knocking doors because i find it relaxing it's a lot more productive i think that's like the first time i've ever heard that (laughs) oh it's much really yeah it's much more relaxing to go you know see if they voted get people to turn out than it is to just sit at home and like watch the internets and well i've knocked on countless doors too and it can be some of somewhat nice like when people come and actually have a genuine conversation with you yeah you do run into that often enough no nah, man, I'm a giant no. black guy. I ain't knocking on no doors. <laughs> I don't need a shot. He's an Arab dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. He's been. Sh- Yadira got a dog I sucker. I never got a gun pointed at me. Yeah. Yes, he I has. Had, no, I mean. Yeah, that's, yes, that's what I'm. Yeah, no, I've I've had a. You've had. No, for knocking doors. I mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean. No, I had a pit bull at the door in Lakewood. Yeah, yeah. No, sometimes I just regularly knock on doors, like you know, for people who uh, are related to the person I date and. They might just pull a guy on me because I'm there. So I'm not do I'm not doing that one. I'm not I'm not here for it in Colorado. See, I've been bitten by a dog, so I can go that route. But yeah. Yeah. See, I don't want that either. No. Yeah, I'm trying to find the exact quote from her in here, but it's it's that you know people are surprised at how angry women are because we've held it back for so long. Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah. So. These two aren't surprised by it, but I was, I just now figured out that white women voted for Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I gotta go get my people, man. Why? Yeah. Why? Why are you surprised by this? Like, because uh, I, I don't know a whole lot of white women. Most of my friends are guys. Uh, all right. I mean, all right, I, okay. That's a big, yeah. And like, and I and they'll tell me in the office they'll be like, oh, I voted for him because of coal, or I voted for him because this, and they're like, but he's horrible towards the middle class. And why did they vote for him? I think I saw like an episode of like The Daily Show or something like that where they were out interviewing Trump voters and one guy had a shirt that said Trump that bitch and mm-hmm. he was standing there with his wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. And the reporter was I don't like, understand how that. can you wear that shirt standing here with your wife and daughter? And he was like, oh, and they're like, yeah, we want Trump. And I was like, they well, all like him. But again, like that is the history of it, right? We closely align ourselves to white men and so the next step logically is white women and then you have the other oppressed classes and when you have that alignment some people still feel like because they are in that proximity that they are part of that seat of power Did even they, even though they are oppressed they look at the other so people and they're like i am not as oppressed as these people by proximity i guess yeah they hate yeah. hillary and clinton that we, much that they had to vote for Trump, or was, am I missing that? No, again, proximity to power, right? When you are in a country where you are now told that minorities are taking your jobs, minorities are crossing the border, minorities are doing these things, and you are somebody who identifies as white, and you sit there and you're like, well, I have this white husband, and I want him to be protected so he can protect me, and oh. I can keep my power there. I see that. Right, and I can continue to be, yes, oppressed myself, but also the oppressor of others. Mm. That's a thing that people will do. And it's one of those things that we've done throughout our history, right? We were like, hey, we had two races in this country. We had white and we had black. That's not what we actually had. But everybody was like, (laughs) hey, I want to be in opposition to this black thing because this black thing is bad. So we have lawsuits that say, I cannot be classified as black. And then we start slowly expanding the pool because people in power are like, "Mm -mm, we don't need you being over here and being in our space. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing now, too, is... We don't need all these other people being in our space because they will take something away from us. So I'd rather deal with my little bit of oppression so people can't take the other stuff I have. And it sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, Trump gave a lot of people permission to be ugly. Mm-hmm. He gave them permission to be to express every ugly thought they'd ever had to blame other people for their problems instead of their own bad decisions. Sure. Uh, I will I will say that he gave them more permission to be ugly, but we've been giving people permission to be, be ugly, ugly for a while now. Yeah, but he... We he, have a news cycle that's based off of people being ugly, and we have an agency that classifies themselves as news when they are not. They're well, actually entertainment. Hey, they um, say fair and balanced. Yeah, but we have, uh, we have outlets like Fox. We've had outlets yes. like The Clan. We've had outlets that are giving people Bright permission Bart. to be ugly. But I... I, I but I will say I do blame Fox uh, for a lot of this. There's been a whole Twitter thread recently of a guy who he posted something on like Medium or something like that about how Fox has poisoned brains in his family. And he's gotten all these people who are writing back and going, yeah, like and we've all seen this happy, you know, especially among older people who are housebound and, you know, Fox is on and, you know, it's their it's their you know it's their addiction and it feeds everything you know that's that's scary to them about the fact the world is changing i agree i mean it's like when i hear people say that they complain that people get their news from comedians it's like well people get their news from terrible people too yeah well and there's also a direct line to um the demise of local media 
Um, the yes. fact yeah. that there's That's been several states. And... I mean, the Cleveland Plain Dealer has been cut by two thirds over the last, you know, ten years. They've gone Great from point. like. 400 journalists to less than 100. Denver I mean, Post and Rocky Mountain News. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, the fact that there is a small, you know, that there there is less, you know, the trusted news anchor or the local paper or people are less, people are getting less connected community news mm-hmm. and and instead it's that, you know, it's that straight to the veins feed of, you know, Fox and Cable. And yeah, there's a, you know, the, there's a pretty direct correlation correlation between political polarization and the demise of local news and frankly i'd love to see a lot of these anti-trump celebrities you know fund investigative news slots at small to medium-sized newspapers around the country i'm like a couple million dollars gets you you know reporter slots at the st louis post dispatch and the cleveland plain dinner and God knows what else. And I then, feel like that would be a better use of money than putting into the campaigns they do. I agree. Yeah. I, a guy named Sean King, I don't know if you guys yeah, know about him. Yeah. He's he has he just he crowdfunded uh, uh the North Star. It's now a top podcast and yeah. um it's kinda like a a newspaper, but it's not really it's not a tangible newspaper. Yeah. And it's it's all about it's mostly black rights, but um yeah. it's civil rights. Yeah. Also, um, police violence and stuff like that, and that's kind of what I think we're going to see as mm-hmm. news coming back. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Sort of the small time news person putting it out on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Crowdfunded his own internet. artist. Yeah. 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 But no, I think yes, and I think that we are seeing, and we did. You know, I mean, we saw a gender gap. I think. You know, I said I, I I've got to go get my white women because that was just that was just that was just embarrassing. Get your girls, I got to go get my people because that was just <laughs> embarrassing. And I think a lot of them just reflectively pushed the R button without thinking about it. But we have seen uh, more of that splitting. We've seen a wider gender gap. We've also, you know, we we have now. I do think the the truly horrible things about Trump that we said would happen have happened. You know, and that I said, that's my feeling about 2020 Democrats. I'm like, whoever gets people out to push the D button, even if it's not my personal choice, go. Right. Okay. We're getting close to our time. I wanted to ask you a question that um, you probably don't get too often. What is something that Trump's done that you like? He has done some criminal justice reform. So I will... He did the whatever bail or parole reform yeah. that I that I, mean, I didn't imagine there'd be much, but but I that maybe that was probably thing. about. And he did it because the Kardashian yep. celebrities pressured in him to it. I'm yeah. like, if you do the right thing for a stupid reason, okay, whatever, it's still the right it's thing. Still, yeah, right it's still anyway. the right thing. He did it for celebrity. I'm like, whatevs. <laughs> Fair enough. I just I want to throw something at you that might have been tougher that you might not have heard. No, I'm. You know, I wrote about. I said I wrote about the Khalif Browder case, and that mm-hmm. that case just bothers me. I mean, it just, to this day, it that was one of the greatest travesties of justice I've ever seen. I mean, I, that's that was a lynching. I mean, it was just, for, for him to do three years in jail and never even go to trial mm-hmm. because he couldn't afford bail. 
you know it's not i mean that that length is sometimes uncommon or most times i should say but i mean it's not unheard of that people spend months in jail yeah mm-hmm. yeah i know leslie herod leslie herod has a bill to end cash bail for petty offenses and i'm 100 percent behind that i think it's a right here, yeah i it's also just from a financial perspective that's a waste of our taxpayer dollars Agreed. we should you know like, why should we have people in jail for like you know, traffic offenses or something, something driving without a license. Driving, but yeah, like what purpose? I, I, there's other things I'd rather have my taxes go to. So fair enough. Completely agree. Okay, well, um, we're getting pretty close to the hour. Do you guys want to go ahead and start doing final thoughts? Do you have any other questions? Or uh, I think we can do final thoughts. Yeah, go. Go final thoughts. Okay, who wants to go first? You want to go first? Or you want to go last? I'll go la- I've been first. talking a lot, so I'll go last. Okay, no worries. Um, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So on the 2016 campaign for Morgan Carroll for Congress, uh, we had a comms guy in from, I think it was D.C., and everybody was hand-wringing and going, oh, my God, oh, my God, Tyler Sandberg, who's a bitch, by the way, um, he's like, they're, they're like, he's just going to destroy us. And the guy from D.C. said, hey, but we have Laura Chapin. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Do I get a cape with that? I don't know. <laughs> you um, want to go, we go. Uh, you can go. Okay. Mine, my final thought is I keep thinking about the Urpo bill just passed, and I know I've griped about it before for a few little things, but my big thought on it right now is how I can't wait to see the Weld County Sheriff spend time in his own jail on it. I can't wait until he's in there. I know it's going to be a cushy cell. He's probably going to be by himself, getting catered to and everything like that, getting none of the real treatment of being in jail. But at the same time, I can't wait until his ass is in there. Cable, and hell, man. I might go visit him. Man, he might have a shower <laughs> with everybody else still. He, he might have to, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So my final thought is, you know, March Madness has come and gone, and we are now um, at the height of basketball for college sports. And I just need to say, fuck you, Gino Oriyama. The bullshit that you laid out this week where you were talking about how you were afraid of your players because they might transfer if you treat them poorly is bullshit. Pay the players. Yes. Pay the players. Stop this bullshit. Let them transfer if you mistreat them. And also, yo, Gino, um, you're a dude coaching a bunch of college women. If you mistreat them, you should be out the paint. (laughs) Also, fuck you to the North Carolina coach because she demonstrated why – if you mistreat players, they should be able to leave. Making players practice through injuries, play through injuries, severely damaging them. Remember, these players don't get health insurance from their schools. They are paying for that. Also, you know what? She made a reference to how her players, if they didn't play well, would get lynched. Fuck you, lady. So fuck you, Gino, for your bullshit that you spout. And fuck you, North Carolina, and get all these people out the paint and pay the players. Peace. <laughs> So he needs to drop it after that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will do my final thought, which is a shameless plug for an organization I work with quite a bit, NARAL Pro Choice Colorado. We've got our annual gala coming up this weekend. Colorado is a pro-choice state. We're one of the few states in the country where women can get an abortion without being subjected to stupid things like ultrasounds and lectures and all that thing, all the things that, you know, make you think you're, you don't know what you're doing. But abortion rights are... Well, let me put this way. We almost lost Roe v. Wade in February. There was a case up at the Supreme Court that Roberts voted 5-4 on that basically would have 
long story, but it would have gutted Roe. It would have allowed Louisiana to keep a trap law in place. We we are potentially looking at Roe being gutted or overturned in June of 2020. So protecting the right to choose abortion in states like Colorado is incredibly important. And I would, that's yet another reason to vote in 2020 and another reason to support grassroots organization and to thank your local abortion provider for providing women with health care. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. That's been Politically Fist. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and have a great week. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Be easy, y'all. Peace. Yeah, fuck them when we say we're not with them We're solid and we don't need to kick them